fans welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. I am John. I am Bridget. And I'm Jolene. And we are here to talk about UNO's series against the St. Lawrence Skating Saints at Baxter Arena. We thought that this was a series that we should be able to sweep at home but St. Lawrence had something to say about that on Friday. Uh, no scoring in the first period on Friday night. The first goal uh, was for UNO. It was Ty Mueller with 5.17 left in the second period. It was a nifty little chip shot uh, from uh, Johnny Tyconic. So Jolene, what did you think when UNO got up one to nothing? What did you think of the goal? What did you think of UNO's chances at that point in the game? Um, at that point in the game, I thought that that goal was probably our turning point. We've we've played really well in the second period um, throughout the year. We looked flat in the first. It was lots of missed passes. I think St. Lawrence was a better team than people gave credit for. Lots of forechecking, lots of, you know, pressuring the puck. So when we got that goal, one, in front of that sellout crowd, it was electric. It really got the crowd into it. So I thought we had a lot of momentum after that goal. Uh, what did you think, Bridget? A lot of the guys had been uh, off, obviously, since December 11th. A couple of them had only gotten in a few skates since then, uh, official skates anyway. And you could definitely see that through the first period on Friday night. So like you said, that crowd of uh, over 7,500 paid attendance was key to kind of getting life back in the building at Baxter. I think that really made a big difference. This St. Lawrence team was game coming in and they got the next goal and it was a familiar face. Former Mav, Josh Boyer gets the goal, ties it up. We end regulation tied one to one and it goes to overtime. Ultimately, St. Lawrence gets it done in OT, but fans who kind of sit on our side of the ice behind the UNO bench thought that Berg was skating off the ice for a change because ultimately not having Berg in the play is what led to that goal by St. Lawrence. But Bridget and I watched, went back and watched the webcast, which is shot from the other side of the ice. Berg got tangled up with the St. Lawrence player in front of our bench so he tried to get off the ice and it looked like Jimmy Glenn was trying to get into the play, but ultimately that led to the game winning goal in the three on three overtime period. What did you think of that entire sequence of events? Bad luck in terms of uh, the Berg play. Uh, again, officiating was a big part of it in the overtime period. That certainly might have been something that had been called uh, possibly a trip, but it really did look like they just got tangled, but uh, it just didn't give um, us the opportunity to defend on that uh, goal. And boy, the booze rained down on the referees after that on uh, Friday night. I don't know that I've heard that in a long time. You don't put themselves in the position to, you know, let a couple missed calls kind of dictate the game. If you play your game, score, when when you get the opportunities, then those missed calls don't, don't matter as much. Um, in my opinion, watching back, the missed call cross-check right before their goal, Boyer's goal, I, I think that one was way more of a miss than uh, the overtime. I can see why the fans were upset in overtime for sure. Um, but again, you know, you got to play all 60 minutes really hard. 
Although one thing that Omaha did, and I don't know the stats from the last time this happened, we take, took no penalties in uh, the game on Friday night where there are things that should have been called probably. <laughs> but nobody went to the box. Uh, St. Lawrence had two penalties, if I remember correctly. You got to play with what, what the rest are given. Don't let them factor into the game. But, you know, sometimes they do. Yeah, absolutely. One goal is not going to be enough to win uh, right. in a lot of uh, circumstances in college hockey. And uh, and you're right. Uh UNO had two power play opportunities during the game. They went 0 for 2 on the power play. Uh, So a tough start, not the start we were expecting, but we go into New Year's Eve. UNO planned a New Year's party. So the game started at 8.07 p.m. Omaha time. Uh, The score was 0 to 0 after the first period. But going into the second period, Cameron Berg gets things started uh, with assists from uh, Davis Pennington and Matt Miller. It was a, a, a really pretty goal that he had uh, to start the scoring uh, for UNO. Jolene, I got to ask you, what did you think of UNO's uh, UNO's chances at that point? Where you think it was going to be same song, second verse, or a different story for UNO? When we started on Saturday, I was worried because we did not come out strong in the first. Again, we dominated most of the game, I felt, on Friday. We just couldn't find the back of the net. But I think that, you know, we have this five-minute well, most of the five-minute power play to start the second from the contact to the head penalty. You know, Berg got that first goal. I was like, yes, we got this. And we still have two minutes of power play time left. So at that point, I was feeling pretty confident. And then when Mueller got that second power play goal, I was like, okay, I think this is going to be a good night for us. Commentator Dave Starman likes to say on broadcast, that's the all-you-can-eat power play for UNO. And I'll be honest with you, I went back and watched uh, both Mueller and Berg's goals. They were, they they felt very nearly identical. They came from the same circle uh, in both cases. And uh, yeah, great to see two of our top young forwards uh, get that two to nothing lead. They end up winning the game five to two over St. Lawrence. They get the split. Jolene, what did you think of that win for UNO, getting uh, getting the split in the series, getting a New Year's Eve win, uh, going out on a high note? Uh, what did you think? Well, I think to end the year with a win is awesome. Uh, I definitely set the mood for the party afterwards. We, we haven't talked about it yet, but it was parents weekend. So to get a win that night, it was awesome. Those back-to-back Eddie Matt girls, I actually missed Olympic school because I was still sitting down from celebrating Taconic school and I didn't realize that they left their goalie pulled and so all of a sudden I was like wait we, we just got another one <laughs> so really exciting finish to the game yeah really gets gets everybody in the in a happy mood players are happy fans are happy you know it was a nice way to end the game yeah you definitely didn't want to go into that New Year's Eve party uh having got <laughs> But by uh, St. Lawrence, that would not have been a fun way to go into that party. Uh, but UNO gets the job done. They uh, they end uh, 2022 on a high note. We had our post-game fight song celebration. Now, normally this is an exciting bit when we have a home series and we have a win. I will include the lobby fight song celebration which is always very exciting. But because we were having a New Year's party, they decided to do the post-game fight song celebration on the ice after the game. And I remember when UNO first moved into Baxter Arena, there had been some talk that they might do the fight song on the ice. 
after games because our lobby is relatively small. Um, I've got to ask both of you what you thought of it. I, I, I don't think it worked out that well, but, uh, but Jolene, I'll ask you first, what did you think of the post-game fight song celebration on the ice? Not ideal. So it, 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 logistically, it just didn't, it didn't work. One, they didn't tell anybody that that's what was going to happen. So I think a lot of people may have went to the lobby expecting it there and didn't know that they were staying on the ice. And then they had the dueling pianos play the fight song while they sang it, which they did an awesome job playing the fight song, which they did throughout the, the night after each goal and everything in, in the intermissions. But you couldn't hear the players sing at all. I think they could have made it better if they had just gotten to center ice, just held the mic and let them sing. No, no music at all. Um, it would have been a little bit better. It just seemed a little awkward, but I'm glad that they still did it and they didn't just skip it. No accompaniment would have been much better. There was no way to calibrate that so that you could get the volume of the guys with that song. Uh, like Jolene said, it was kind of odd. They skated down to the end of the ice. We thought, what are they doing here? Andrew Rogers is chasing them with a microphone. The dueling piano started ahead of the song. I, I thought that it was a, a, a giant dumpster fire. Good intent, poorly executed. Uh, but again, I think that they should reserve this only for absolute necessity because you just miss that electric energy from the lobby fight song celebration. Absolutely right. So... I've got to ask both of you, who is your player of the week? Bridge, I'll start with you. Who did you like this weekend? I have to say, there were a lot of choices this weekend. I was once again impressed by balanced scoring. There was no one player that was just clearly dominant. I had a list of about five that I was considering for my choices. I even thought that the goaltending was was great this weekend. Some good saves. Uh, by both goalies, I thought, you know, there were a lot of candidates, but I am going to pick uh, sophomore Ty Mueller as my player. He, of course, got the scoring started on Friday night. He had a great goal on Saturday night, and I noticed him, uh, you know, just making some great plays around the ice, and I just think that he added a lot of spark and energy, uh, especially, like I said, you know, getting that scoring going on Friday night when they had come out so listless in the first period. I think that that really made a difference. So my pick is Ty Mueller. How about you, Jolene? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with uh, my youngest pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Nolan Sullivan. I think getting that key goal at the end of the second on Saturday to, to break us up to three to one. I think that really gave us the momentum that we needed to go into the third. So I'm, I'm going to pick Sullivan for my player of the weekend. Great pick on Nolan Sullivan. Also bridge, great pick on Mueller. Mueller had two goals on the weekend. Um, Sullivan ended up having what was the, uh, what turned out to be the game winning goal on uh, Saturday night. And uh, he also had an assist on a uh, Tyconic's empty netter. Davis Pennington had a couple of assists on the weekend and you're probably wondering who I'm going to pick. This is a, this is a little bit out of, uh, out of left field, or, or maybe I should say it's, it's out of the uh, Zamboni pick a participant at UNO hockey games that has been missing in recent series going back to last season is the blimp the blimp made a return 
at UNO Hockey Games. Bridget is looking at me. She may make me re-record this and take this out. She may be like, pick Davis Pennington. We're talking about the blimp later. But yes, the blimp is back. A brand new blimp. This one, uh, you were told, Bridge, uh, is built with a sturdier material. Uh, Chick-fil-A is sponsoring the blimp. And if you didn't know, and if you haven't come to games, uh, Chick-fil-A is the official chicken sandwich of uh, UNO Athletics. So I'm going with the blimp in this game. It was great to see it back. Having a blimp is just part of the UNO hockey atmosphere going back to the very first season of UNO hockey. And I was glad to have it back. Really? The blimp? <laughs> we picked the good players. What is? What was he going to do? Jason will be sorely disappointed that you picked a blimp instead of a player. So, uh, yeah, I, I uh, totally punted that thing, and I picked the blimp. But speaking of things you missed at Baxter Arena, boy, there were a lot of things uh, that you missed at Baxter Arena this weekend. Lots of exciting stuff on, uh, on Friday nights. Uh, we had a figure skater on the ice uh, during one of the intermissions. Uh, she did a great job. Uh, enjoy every time they have somebody uh, involved uh, in the local figure skating community here in Omaha. It's always great to see them on the ice. Uh, so that was exciting. But the big thing this weekend was the New Year's Eve celebration. This was the first time that they have had a New Year's Eve party after a UNO hockey game, I know all three of us were very excited. A lot of fans were excited. So Jolene, I'll start with you. What did you think of the festivities on December 31st? I loved it. I thought the, it was great. You know, from the beginning, the, the, there was a long line for the dollar beverages. They had both beer, soda. You know, everybody seemed to be in a really happy mood. The dueling pianos kind of playing throughout. They had the little photo booths set up throughout that you could take pictures of beforehand. Uh, when the game ended, they handed out party favors. As you've seen, hats, glasses, beads, noisemakers, all kinds of stuff. Um, at first, it seemed like there was not a lot of people sticking around. But what we soon discovered was that they all went to skate. Um, so... The line to get on to the ice to skate was pretty long. My oldest one wanted to go skate until she saw the line and was like, nope, I'm good. Um, you know, having the players stay out there on the ice, that was awesome and a surprise. I didn't think that the players would stick around. Uh, I figured that they'd do their own thing with their parents, but uh, the whole atmosphere was fun. A lot of that was because we won the game. Omaha did an awesome job this weekend of getting people out to the game and making it a fun experience for everybody. What did you think, Bridget? Agree wholeheartedly. I was super shocked when the players uh, came back out onto the ice. In fact, they were the first ones onto the ice because like you said, there was that long line of folks getting skates and putting them on. Uh, and so I was just shocked to see them stick around. And I was really impressed how many of them stuck around. Uh, kudos to uh, Matt Miller's mom for outfitting the guys with uh, the fun hats and the glasses that really helped add to the atmosphere. And like you said, you know, there were some glitches along the way, um, you know, from the dollar beer line, you know, stretching all the way back past the concession stands, but they kept it moving. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Associate Athletic Director Mike Kemp. He was manning one of the beer stations 
Mike Smith, the uh, arena general manager, was ferrying beers from the, the beer stand to the table where folks could come and pick it up. I mean, this was an all hands on deck activity for them. They had been there since early in the day since basketball had played an early game at Baxter Arena. And so for them to pull off the magnitude of this event was uh, nothing short of spectacular. And so kudos to that entire Baxter Arena staff, athletic department, uh, organizers, Mike West, Adrian Dowell, they really put together a spectacular party. And John, I wanna know what you thought of the uh, ball drop at midnight. Yeah, I thought the ball drop was great. And I thought it was a really cool touch to drop the scoreboard, drop the jumbotron at center ice as the ball was falling, as we counted down to midnight. I thought that was really cool. And then they had uh, fireworks on uh, the Jumbotron screen, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, people were, were in little pockets around the arena. A lot of the people were at the club lounge, which was open for everybody. You didn't have to be a club seat holder after the game to go there. So you could go there and get uh, beverages and you could get some snacks. They had uh, popcorn balls. And then I think they had uh, like bagel chips available uh, for fans to get. So I thought that was uh, a neat little thing. I thought the dueling pianos were great. They were a lot of fun. They added a lot to the atmosphere. Um, I just thought the whole thing uh, was great. And as a proof of concept, as the first time doing this, I think a lot of things went really, really well. And I think there are a lot of opportunities to uh, improve this in the, in the future. But I think uh, as, a, as a first pass at this, I think it was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun as a UNO fan to get to do something fun because I don't know about the rest of you, but Bridget and I usually uh, go to bed when the uh, Times Square ball drops at 11 o'clock Omaha time. So uh, normally we don't stay up that late. It was also kind of fun because, uh, because uh, Bridge, you and I, and then Jolene, you and the girls and your parents uh, decided to get rooms at the Aloft Hotel, which is uh, just east of Baxter Arena. Uh, we decided to get rooms there and make it a little staycation uh, so that we can just walk back after the game and not having to deal with driving home. Now, Bridget and I live about a mile and a half from Baxter Arena, so it wouldn't have been a long drive for us. But Jolene, you live out west. Your parents live out west. So that would have been a longer drive for you. So it was kind of nice not to have to worry about any drunk drivers or or anything uh, like that on the way home. So it made for kind of a kind of a nice deal. And uh, I just like the event and I hope they continue to do this in the future. I don't know if we'll have a, a New Year's series uh, again next year, but uh, I hope they try to make this happen again in the future. I agree. It was just, it was a lot of fun. All the feedback I've gotten from everybody that I, you know, I talked to last night, seen online and talked to some people today, everybody had a positive opinion. They thought it was great. Seeing the, the players interact with the fans on the ice was, was awesome. They definitely were helping player, you know, people that couldn't skate as well, helping them, giving them some tips and helping them out. And the players were just having a lot of fun. You know, they got to stay on the ice. Some of them stayed on the ice when the ball dropped and, you know, they were definitely enjoying that experience, I think. So, you know, all around wonderful experience, you know, big thanks to all of the employees that had to stay late and work the event. Hopefully they had some fun too. I remember back when I was on the Blue Line Club Board of Directors and in every intervening year since running mappuck.com, one of the events 
that fans really loved uh, uh, over the years is the Skate with the Mavs. And they've tried different formats for it. There have been some years where they've only allowed kids like 12 and under on the ice with the players. But I thought it was really nice that everybody got to skate with the players because I think, uh, you know, it's nice for the uh, adult fans to get to interact with the guys. It's also nice for the teenage girls to get to take their pictures with the guys because uh, I saw some of that going on. That's just a, it's a neat deal. And people were getting uh, autographs on their uh, party hats like Jolene is wearing. So somebody must have had a, a silver or gold Sharpie to get that done, which I thought was kind of cool. So, yeah, thanks to UNO for doing that. Uh, thanks to uh, all of the staff members who were involved uh, and, and certainly thanks to Adrian Dowell. Mike West and Mike Smith uh, for making this thing happen because uh, it was a lot of fun and hopefully we'll see it again. So turning to our next series, we have the week off, uh, which is good because everybody was interacting with everybody else. So in case there are any uh, germs and cooties going around after this series, the players, the fans, we all have a chance uh, to recover before our next home series, which will be January 13th and 14th against the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs coming in town. We faced them once this season up in Duluth. Uh, we had a fairly successful series uh, against them up in Duluth. They're a team that has been struggling this season. A lot of fans have, uh, have been talking about that this season. It's kind of sad to see because Duluth was my national championship pick on the very first episode of this season when Jason and I did our conference picks and our national championship contenders for the season. So they are eight and 10 overall, four and six in the NCHC. They will have a home at home series against Bemidji State before they come into Baxter Arena. So they're going to have a two game. Uh, tune up before they come in. Uh, it should be noted, and uh, Katie Collins pointed this out in the uh, mapbook.com Facebook group, that junior defenseman Blake Biondi will be out with a shoulder injury. It looks like he's going to be out uh, the rest of the season. He is a talented defenseman for the Bulldogs. Uh, UMD, uh, if you are a hockey fan and you are watching the World Junior Championships, uh, UMD has two players on the USA team, uh, defenseman Wyatt Kaiser and forward Dominic James. Uh, the player that I would encourage fans to watch, and he's a name that we heard when we played Duluth uh, this last fall, uh, freshman forward Ben Steves has 12 goals and three assists on the season. I'll start with you, Bridge. What do you think about Duluth coming in? What's your prediction for our first series of the year in NCHC conference play? Duluth is not the Duluth team of previous years, although they generally turn on the afterburners in the second part of the season. I think that there's going to be a battle uh, at Baxter Arena. The, the Bulldogs do have a lot of uh, scoring talents. I think I'm going to pick a Maverick sweep for the new year for our first series. Uh, Coach Cabinet said in that post-game pre press conference that he was going to put on a, a little mini training camp for the Mavs during this bye week. So I think that that will get them, uh, as you said, tuned up for this series. And they know that every conference series is critical. Uh, they've said that their goal this year is to make uh, the Frozen face-off and uh, hopefully beyond. And every conference point is going to be critical. So I think that they're going to be up for uh, this series. What do you think, Jolene? Duluth is a, is a tricky one this year. They've definitely not played as well as a lot of people had thought that they would. We did really well when we went up there taking four of the six points. 
we've played better on their road this year than we have at home. So I'm, I'm not quite sure why that is. The stats don't lie. That's kind of what it's been. So I have a feeling that one of those two games is going to go to overtime, but I don't know how that's going to end up. So I'm just going to pick a split. I don't know if you're going to make me pick which game is which. I would guess if I had to pick, I would guess we lose Friday and we win Saturday. Bridge going with the sweep. Jolene going with the splits. Uh, UNO currently sits fourth place in the NCHC standings with 15 points. UMD sits in sixth place with 13 points. So this is a critical series uh, to start the second half of conference play. I've got to say, I think I'm going to go with Jolene on this and I'm going to pick a, a split. I just, I can't uh, underestimate a Scott Sandlin coach team in the second half of the season. And I know that they had their struggles in the first half, but uh, for some reason, I just have an inkling that they might be able to turn it on in the second half and uh, get things going and things back on track more like uh, their fans are used to seeing, but who knows, UNO uh, is really good about playing up to uh, top competition like Jolene. I'm going to say we lose on Friday and we come back and win on Saturday. I want to note that the Friday game is at 7:37 PM Omaha time. That game will be on the CBS sports network. And then the Saturday game will be 7.07 p.m. at Baxter Arena. It should be exciting to see uh, what kind of play the UNO hockey team has in store during the second half of this season. Be sure to follow MavPuck on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find links at MavPuck.com as well as back episodes of these podcasts. But until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Happy New Year and go Mavs. <laughs>